0: I'm a little, uh, scared to show you what my, uh, my discovery is for this episode. (laughs) Um, trust me, my friend for fear
1: of judgment, I am far more scared to show you mine. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I, I guarantee that yours is not going to cause as much
0: chaos as mine. All right. Hey, welcome to episode eight of the correspondence podcast, Drew myself in las vegas snowy las vegas uh for the first time in 11 years it snowed in las vegas got to go out with a family today have some fun making snowman do you want to build a snowman from frozen john uh there in phoenix it got any snow there or no uh
1: it kind of looked like snow it was some white stuff it was slightly icy and it lasted for about seven minutes got it hey counts i i told my uh four-year-old that elsa was here i love that shear any snow in northern california
2: uh there's snow on the mountains actually um about maybe 20 miles away what we can probably see up in the mountaintops there's uh snow on the caps but it's about 40 degrees uh brisk 40 here in san jose california
0: john please explain who this
1: third voice is yeah it this is our first slash second slash first depending on which order you're listening to the podcast guest (laughs) uh this is michael shear uh, Michael's a longtime friend of mine and Drew I think you met Michael what about uh, six months ago
0: yeah something like that
1: yeah so Michael's into photography and videography and many of the same things we are
2: very excited to be here I can't believe I'm on this podcast this is my first podcast ever uh, Wow yeah maybe maybe it'll bring some more subscribers to the uh, to the fan base I'm not sure
1: I'm excited we're gonna when we get to coolest discoveries I see a box in the top right corner that you might need to talk about so um, you know, we we decided on a format last podcast, so we are gonna kick it off with our 30-day challenges. Um, Mr. Drew. Yeah, man. Uh, how did your 30 day challenge go last time and what are you working on for this month?
0: So the 30 day challenge last time for me was to wake up early. Specifically, I want to wake up at 6 a.m. on the dot every single day, regardless of work schedule, what's going on in life. 6 a.m. was the goal. Yeah. And I keep track of these habits via Streak. Um, it's my favorite app for habits as of right now. And I can honestly say I probably made it about 80% of the time-ish. Uh, so out of 30 days, I think I made it around 20. So mm-hmm. I had a few days where the wife was out of town, kind of slept in because I didn't did, uh, you know, need to get up. Um, and then, you know, there's some super late nights with other stuff going on personally, but you know, it happened. 80 percent's not so bad. I, I, uh, I did a gratitude journal. I
1: told you that was what I was going to do. And I'm really proud all, uh, all 31 days. Um, I got a chance to write in my gratitude journal, which was really, really fun. Um, and I think I shared it last time, you know, my goal is for these to stack. So I have yeah. kept that up. Now we're, you know, 20 some odd days into the new month. Uh, and I'm still continuing to take a little bit of time every day to just write down something I'm thankful for. And the Grateful app has been really nice. It gives you a couple different writing prompts. And sometimes it's a couple words. Sometimes it's a lot of them. But it's, it's been really, really good for my soul to write down in there.
0: That's good.
2: John, could I ask a question on that one? Yeah. So you, you mentioned an app. Is that for the prompt or is that for the entry? Like, are you physically writing or are you typing digitally so you could categorize and catalog?
1: digitally super simple app but all it does is it gives you uh one of five kind of preset prompts like you know what are you grateful for or what are you looking forward to or what made you smile today or, or there's a custom one so you could define your own it gives you a little bit of space to write something and it allows you to attach a photo um if you want and so it's really cool because looking back at it there's all these really wonderful moments that you know were just something silly my kids did or you know uh, an interaction with a peer or just you know something that made me smile that I, I really enjoyed so it's been it's been really good i'm i'm going to try to keep that up for 12 months it's awesome so what's on the next hurdle for you then yeah so you know from a timing standpoint we're recording this in the middle of a month so february was all about fitness and uh it really was about you know spending time closing those rings and taking time every day to work out and and to mm. get my heart rate elevated and it, it's been really really good it's going to coincide really well with next month's, um, which I'm really, really excited about. But it's uh, similar to yours. I missed it two times. So there were two times uh, I couldn't bring myself to do it. You know, the, the four-year-old was sick and I just couldn't get up and do yoga. Uh, but every day I found just time to make something happen. And it's been really therapeutic in all the best ways.
0: How about you? I think I'm going to go, my wife's actually restarted this, but it's going to go down the route of no added sugar purposely. So what I mean by that is I'm not going to go full Matt Diavella where I look at like my bread and see like how many like two grams of sugars or my ketchup, you know, but no added sugar. So like I'm not going to go down a you know a slice of cake tomorrow, although I did tonight. And, you know, <laughs> stuff, stuff, like, stuff like
2: that. Added sugar in coffee or something like that.
0: Yeah, coffee's not a hard one for me. You know, I drink, like, straight black cold brew anyway. Um, unless I get, like, even my, if I go to Starbucks now, I get, like, a splash of almond milk, and that's good for me. But, you know, middle of the afternoon, the vending machine's right there. You know, the Twix is just calling for me to consume it. You know, it's there. So, Which is funny, because I
1: remember you drinking these, like, 20-ounce. Uh, they they were kind of milk with, like, a splash of coffee sure. drinks before. so. Yep. Yeah. Really different one. Michael, do you, do you want to join our parade? Do you want to pick a 30 day challenge that you'll go after? We can, we can bring you back on to talk about it.
2: Yeah. You know, what's interesting is as you guys were going through this, I was thinking to myself, forget about just a new year's resolution, but has there been any conscious habit, habitual things that I've been trying to change? And actually one of them was, I know it's going to sound super small, uh, but it's, and maybe disgusting, but uh, I wanted to brush my teeth two times a day. So in the past, I've usually brushed my teeth in the morning. Um, I'm really good with flossing throughout the day. Uh, I have those little portable like flossers. Um, however, at the end of the night, I usually just I'm very anxious to get into bed and don't usually brush my teeth before the end of the night. Um, and since the new year, that is something that I've been doing. Um, and I've actually went to the dentist the first <laughs> first time <laughs> in in four years that I've been to uh, the dentist, um, and only six cavities to uh, speak
1: to. So, you know, it's it's funny, I. I... It, you said it was, like, gross, but I think probably 90% of people don't do that. Like, well, I don't. I'm inconsistent. I even have that stupid, like, a million-dollar toothbrush that, like, tells me which tooth I missed. And got, it It doesn't even help. It doesn't even encourage me to do it. Because I'm like, yeah, whatever, stupid toothbrush. I, I want to go to bed. Yeah. So I, I don't think that that's weird. Drew, you probably brush
0: four times a day. You're pretty <laughs> eagles, Gabby. It's true, but I don't have a million-dollar toothbrush because, you know, my name's not John Braverman. No. <laughs> I bought one of the quip ones for
1: uh, we were traveling. We went to Albuquerque (laughs) and I forgot my toothbrush. Sure. I went to Target and bought one of those little
0: quip uh, ones that you
1: see on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Did you get the MKBHD ones? Is that what you're talking about?
1: Is that MKBHD? Yeah.
0: He finally caved and got one.
1: Oh, they, they don't really do anything. Yeah. They just kind of like
0: vibrate at you.
2: Of course, his is matte
0: black. But they're black. very good feeling. Yeah,
1: I did a matte black one too.
2: <laughs> I have upgraded my toothbrush from a regular handheld to now an electric one. So I, I am at least on the AA battery life. Um, okay. And I like that it, it vibrates at me when it tells me that I should be done brushing. And yeah. a conscious decision that I've been making is that to make myself brush a little bit more, I usually go on Instagram while I'm brushing my teeth. And next thing that you know, I'm actually scrolling through. I'm like, wait, it's already been two and a half minutes. And I'll actually like almost double the time of my brushing because I'm on the Instagram. um, which is awesome.
1: It's the opposite of everyone else's New Year's resolution where they're like, I'm gonna avoid social media. You're like, I'm gonna use my bad habit of social
0: media to encourage a good habit somewhere else. For
2: my own well-being on that's delightful.
0: I'm cleaning my my teeth while indulging my vice.
2: So something small, um, I, I'm doing, I, I haven't missed yet, which, which I feel really good about. Um, but I, am at this place right now where my body is all out of whack and, you know, my stomach and what I'm eating and, you know, you guys are talking about fitness and like, I definitely am trying to close my rings, et cetera. But I actually just, I'm trying to get my body right. And I, as I'm getting older. It's my body can't recover from a bacon cheeseburger from Wendy's anymore. Um, And a glass of like having some soda, you know, with French fries and chicken nuggets and even a bacon, like I just feel horrible uh, Mm. for a couple of days. Mm. Um, So I I need to figure something out, whether that's a probiotic or whether that's just, you know, eliminate elimination diet. But I just need to get my body back on track again uh, in the next coming weeks. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think you'll really enjoy the next uh, month's episode because that's going to be a major topic for mine. About a, a, little, a little diet I'll be trying. But, yeah, it's funny how it happens, right? Like, when you're 20, I had the worst diet of anyone in America when I was 20. And you, and you could eat anything. It doesn't yeah, matter. It's Like, matter. whatever. Anytime go to Jack in the Box order the whole damn menu. Right. Go to Taco Bell and order seven items. But then,
0: you, you know,
1: you get in your mid-30s and you eat one taco and you're out for a week. Michael, well, I'll tell
0: you a quick story about John and I going back a ways. There was a time when Johnny and I um, were on the same Tim Ferriss four-hour body. And we went, was it Arby's? Is that where we went? We did. This is this was back when John was still rocking his Audi. And I was like, I've, I've never <laughs> been in an Audi before. So we drive to heart the to Arby's to, for our cheat meal. You know, like whatever the triple roast beef with like extra cheddar and, you know, the, the swirly. Yeah, Yo, it, was, it was big a br-
1: Montana. It's called a big Montana. <laughs> There's no cheddar on that. It's all beef. It's like a pound of beef. But you get cheese sticks is the key. That's how you get your cheese. Is the mozzarella? The Arby's has great (laughs) cheese sticks. I haven't had them in a. Never been to Arby's in my life. What? Never. Wow, I don't think I've had the cheese sticks since Drew and I went, but I will defend those with my life. Those things are good. You mean
2: like a mozzarella stick? Like that's what? Yeah, like
1: like a mozzarella stick, but like they're extra crispy, right? They're really crispy on the outside and the cheese is very melty on the inside.
0: Meaning, if you don't chew well enough, you can actually choke yourself because
1: that cheese that's is true.
2: actually. <laughs> it just lingers and <laughs> just gets longer as it travels here. In
1: yep. I'm still digesting the meal from eight years ago, possible. Yeah. So,
2: Arby's, what happened from there?
0: Uh, you know, so that was like our cheat meal for the day because we were on, you know, Saturday. So we were planning our cheat days, you know, for the week, but we partaked in that one meal together. It was just, you know, a bonding experience. And as John said, like, you know, there's a little fat kid inside of all of us. So I, I'll never forget that. That's mm-hmm. true.
2: <laughs> Taco Bell is definitely my advice. Arby's, I, I don't I don't know if I could trust the roast beef from Arby's, but Maybe
1: that's hey, a, I worked at Taco Bell. Trust
2: me. Those ghost
1: <laughs> beef at Arby's is fine.
2: Hey, you you know my Mexi-Melt story, that that's my favorite thing. And
1: yeah, that's gross. You Mexi-Melt. should not eat that. You should never eat that again. Taco <laughs> Bell's going to sue us. Don't eat that. Just people, don't eat mexi melts. The rest of it's fine. It's all good. It's boiling in a bag, but it's fine. But Mexi-Melt's, no dice. <laughs> if you're ordering that, you're the only one, which means you're the one that week that got that one that they made earlier in the
0: week.
2: Yeah. Oh. It's just so good.
0: So Michael, maybe yours is, you know, no fast food for 30 days. Maybe that's <laughs> it. No Taco Bell. It's
2: funny because it's it's totally stress related. You know, when I have a stressful day, it's not drinking or anything. Well, drinking on top of Taco Bell, but it's Taco Bell's right down the block, man. Just cruise on, on the way home after two hours of traffic yep. and uh, pick, pick up about 20 bucks worth of Taco Bell. And it does <laughs> me in for a better Let's
1: <laughs> look at it the positive way. I check my blood pressure every day, so I know when I'm going poorly. Like, you don't. No. So- the great thing for you is ignorance is bliss. Like I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it's terrible, but like I probably add five points just by thinking about it every day. Unbelievable. If I eat as much
2: pasta as you. I cut down on the pasta lately. I hasn't, you know, that's true. I really I really haven't been making a lot of pasta dishes.
1: I'm pretty excited in our middle section for you to tell me about that light box, but uh you know, I, I kinda drew if it's okay. I want to go out of order and I, I really am saving the coolest discoveries because i invited michael to this podcast specifically for this okay uh so so do you want to hit on uh leadership moments for a minute we'll come back
0: to coolest discoveries is that okay with you too yeah it's fine with me i'm really excited because uh i thought mine was gonna be the most embarrassing but you've set yourself up where like it better be more embarrassing (laughs) mine is gonna create so much chaos and noise in my life that i don't even know how to deal with it all right fine um so leadership moment for me this was a hard lesson came recently um we're going from like super you know cheesy to deep here real quick uh but it starts with an article that i'll read and then just a section so the article is titled what your company uh, Wants your company to land on a best workplaces list first you need to do this and it goes on to say this a paragraph in the middle says it's the difference between reputation and character ideally the two are aligned but any attempt to build a positive corporate reputation while lacking the character to back it up, won't be sustainable. So it's talking about all these corporations who want to be like the best, you know, place to work in the world, and they try to take all these shortcuts to get there, only to arrive at whatever peak they're achieving or hoping for, and six months, maybe, or a year later, you know, they're back in the toilet because they lack the one thing that is required to be best, and that's character. And for me, you know, this hit home recently. Um, I won't go into all the details, but I made a big mistake recently with a people decision. And um, I was faced with the choice to either lie to the person and try to make them feel good or be honest. And in that moment, um, I had to swallow my pride and say, hey, look, I messed up. It's it was my fault. There's nobody else to blame. Um, I shouldn't have done this. And I honestly just missed the buck here. Will you forgive me? And you know, a couple of days went by. They didn't talk to me, <laughs> and it was hard. But at the end of the day, I can rest my head on the night and at the pillow at night and say, you know, I got to live with myself. And the fact is, I it's easier to make the person feel good and lie to them rather than truly be a person of character and try to say, hey, look, you know, it's my fault. I don't. There's nobody else to blame but me. Like, take your anger and frustration on me, and it, it's it's my fault. Um, that was tough and i'm sure it's not the, the last mistake i'm going to make or the last you know pride pill i'm gonna to have to swallow so to speak but um that for me was you know the big learn this past month
1: man i, I love that you know it's it's interesting how it ties into mine so um I, i've got two that'll be in the show notes and and one is a video that you can watch and one is a book that, that i think people should read uh the book's by Brene brown and it's called dare to lead and um Brene does such a really wonderful job of just connecting back to what actually matters in leadership and around uh vulnerability and how much that really means to people and in, in every chapter there's these really wonderful stories that fill your cup with like oh okay yeah 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 that's what matters there's quotes in there from other people there's You know, she starts in the armory and one of the sections says, you know, the past jobs were about muscles, now they're about brains, but in the future they'll be about heart. And she goes into this really deep um, section around clarity and about honesty and about what it means to just tell someone the truth and how important that is. Um, And I I think it's one of those books that just every leader should read. Because Mm. no matter how smart you are, no matter how capable you are, no one will care. What they'll deeply care about is someone that they can viscerally connect to and... Mm. Um, I've been reading it and and, and I'm thinking I'm on my second time through it and I've recommended it to a couple people, but each time I feel like I pick up another nugget another concept that really informs the, the way I act that week. Um, and you know, I've watched her, her Ted talks and stuff and and she's just quite brilliant, but man, it is so darn good. Um, and I think for what you're saying, I'll send you a chapter, but it's really about what you just said. Mm -hmm. Um, if you haven't read that one, I think it's a, a really wonderful one.
0: That's good. You know, my first introduction to Brene was her empathy video and it's, you know, really wonderfully illustrated and, you know, it talks about, you know, somebody in the bottom of the pit and looking down from the top says, oh, that looks hard. You know, like as a dark down there, there, you know, (laughs) as opposed to climbing down the ladder, making the summit, you know, scale, getting down there and saying, you know, I know you're hurting. That hurts. I'm here with you. Um, and it's a totally different approach from sympathy. So I, I like that. I'll definitely have to pick that up and read it.
1: Yeah. I got a second one, but Michael, why don't you share?
2: Yeah. Uh, so I obviously didn't know that this was going to be a part of the conversation and I'm and I'm thinking through what the past couple of weeks and months, um, have, have meant for me, uh, both personally and professionally. And, you know, the word that you actually said drew, which is character, um, you know, it, no matter what happens throughout your life, through you know your family, through friends, um, through relationships, there's always a moment where someone's true character shows. Um, mm. And I think what what I've been struggling with over the past couple of, of months is you know understanding the company that that I keep um, the, and the people that I keep closest to me in, in that inner circle, um, and whether or not they deserve to be in that inner circle, whether or not they deserve the investment of energy, time, resources, love, compassion, empathy, um, and sometimes sympathy, right? And, you know, where where I'm beginning to unlock as I hit into my 30s and really try to understand what the rest of my life on this earth is going to be like is am I proud of the people that I am spending time with? Um, Mm. Do I see them getting better? Do I see them wanting to get better? Um, Are they making me better? And all of that comes back down to this character of, again, the people that you usually connect with the most, love the most, even after years of maybe not talking to them, are the people that truly told you what you needed to hear as opposed to what you wanted to hear Mm. Um, and challenged you on the things that... You know, you couldn't see yourself, which is why they're there in the first place, is to see things that you can't see, to tap you on the shoulder, to whisper in your ear and to be that opposite that you need sometimes in life because you're so blinded in the moment on, you know, what is consuming you. Um, so I'm definitely not there yet. Um, I'm, I'm struggling at the moment right now with some things personally, um, but If I know myself, at least for these 30 years that I've been on this earth is if I'm going to hold someone to a standard, I, I myself need to be there first. Right. Um, which means that I, I have some work to do personally to make sure that I can stand on that pedestal and, you know, toot that horn, um, not in a preachy way, but just say like, you know what, if I'm going to hold other people to that standard, I first have to be there. Um, and that's taken me some time. That's good. That's where I'm at
0: for me i think that personally resonates like john's heard this but a couple of years ago i came up with the idea of having a personal cabinet so you've heard of, like the president has like the presidential cabinet right yeah. and, like there's his yep. advisors right but for me like it was a group of people not only just family but also friends that i trusted and that i knew i could be vulnerable enough to trust them with stuff that i you know wouldn't tell anybody else but it's times like that you know this happened recently like, i was a little bit discouraged and like it wasn't even necessarily talking about the thing that was discouraging me. It was just leaning emotionally on the people that I needed in my life and I know I can trust. And for me, like I, those are the people I go to when I'm I'm down or and when I'm up to make sure that, you know, they're there, um, you know, kind of strengthening my, you know, emotional connection to the world. So
2: hmm. I'll send you the article if you want. Yeah, no, that would be fantastic. I appreciate it for sure.
1: You know, the the other one that made it to my list, um, I got a chance. I was driving in the car with my boss for about six hours uh, two weeks ago. And um, it's one of those really great moments where you each get to just share a lot with each other about kind of what gets you here and what what you're feeling lately and what you're thinking. And um, I had mentioned to him a video that I watch pretty regularly, which is David Foster Wallace. um, uh, This is water. It's a commencement speech that he did. Um I think it was Kenyon's uh graduate class it was like 2005 and um you know it opens up with this parable and it's uh humorous you know and it says you know there's uh two young fish swimming along and happen to meet an older fish um uh, who's swimming the other way and he nods and says good morning boys how's the water the two young fish swim on for a bit and eventually one of them looks over at the other and says what the hell's water <laughs> and uh David Foster Wallace goes on to give one of my favorite commencement speeches because in it he talks about kind of how didactic and how um, lame commencement speeches are. And and he is, it's very self-referential, right? About like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to give you advice here, but the entire narrative of it um, is about, you know, the the idea of education is teaching you that you have the ability to control what you choose to think about. And he goes on to this one point that I, it stands out for me so much because he talks about the natural basic self-centeredness of the world and, and he acknowledges that it's like so it's socially repulsive i think is what he calls it to talk about that um, but what he says is you know it's our it's our default setting it's hardwired into all of us because if you think about it You have no experiences in your life in which you are not the absolute center of. Mm. The world as you experience it is there in front of you, behind you, to the left of you, to the right of you. It is on your TV. It is on your monitor and so on. Other people's thoughts and feelings have to be communicated to you somehow. But you and your own are so immediate. They are so real. And I listen to it a lot. It's about 20 minutes and it's one I'll include in the show notes that I think everyone on earth should listen to because it's so it ha- it's it's humorous but it has such this great ability to tell you like yeah that thing that you just thought it's fine it's okay i understood why you thought it you're an asshole and you should unthink it <laughs> and you should try again and it was so funny cuz we were driving back and um there was just a moment that popped up where literally as he's processing something that's happening in his life he out loud said And then you showed me that video and I know that the thing I'm thinking right now is the wrong thing to think. And then I have to rethink (laughs) the same thing I'm thinking. And I'm so mad right now because I know everything I'm saying is wrong. And I just don't know what to do with it. Mm. And um, I don't know. I I think it's it's just so interesting how people go through this life. And Michael, to your point, like the people you keep around you matter so much because they – they help you in those moments where you're very self-centered or where you're not thinking about the rest of the world or other people to say like, yeah, that was fine. Your thoughts aren't wrong, but you're still an asshole. So why don't you bring it back for a minute and let's get back to where we belong. Um, and those people for me are so important. It's, it's why I enjoy this, you know, this podcast so much, right? Like it's it, the stuff we don't publish to the world is some of my favorite stuff because it's so important leading me into like how I'm going to think about the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What I What is interesting to me right now right? is so I'm in California, you're in Arizona, you're in Nevada, and as we think through this, you know, even thinking about your closest circle, are those the people in physical proximity to you, digital proximity to you, spiritual proximity to you, um, and like what an amazing time period to even like have to think about the most important people in your life no longer have to be the people that are physically close to you. Um, and, and what an amazing space to be in to feel just as connected to someone 3000 miles away than the person that lives next door, you know? It's very true.
0: Yeah. I think last time I saw you physically, John, was probably what, two years ago? Like you cooked steak for uh, uh, my family and I, I don't know, it was over your house before you even moved to your new house. So it's been at least two years.
1: Yeah, we also had a breakfast sandwich at Egg Slut. Uh, that, that is what I remember. <laughs> I don't know if you
0: were completely coherent for that sandwich, but.
1: <laughs> uh, no, no, that's not fair. I was coherent hours before. Was in I was Vegas. recovered. Yeah, so Drew, we're in, Drew lives in Vegas. Yeah. So, you know, Drew doesn't drink. So when I go to Vegas, uh, I'm inviting the entire way and he goes, hey, let's meet for breakfast. So we meet at, what was that? Seven? It was, I mean, you had an opening shift. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we so we met at like seven. Yeah.
0: Gross.
1: After a night of drinking, Gross. I was at 7 a.m. at the Cosmo Hotel to eat a and he was like, Oh, you're not that enthusiastic. I'm like, I will kill you right now. Are you kidding? <laughs> Do you know how hard it was to get here? <laughs> I would like some credit, damn it.
0: Yeah. And for All me, it's like, yeah, I don't even know the feeling. So I'm I'm just gonna pass. Yeah, you literally have no clue what that feels like. It, yeah. It's
2: fun in the moment. That's that's what it is. It's yeah. fun in the moment. I
0: walk past a craps table. and am like, Oh, that looks cool. John walks back to the craps table and is a thousand dollars poorer.
2: <laughs> well, that's all no. in the first hour yeah. after that. I'm a thousand dollars richer when it's all done. Thank you. jerk. <laughs> that's called breaking even John. That's not richer.
1: I, I disagree. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't like either of your opinions right now.
2: <laughs> I, I haven't been. I, so I did live in Vegas for a little bit. I was over in Henderson. Um, and while the Cosmo was actually getting built, I was working for a company that was building the interior of the casino, the um, chandelier.
0: Mm, yeah. And
2: you know, Vegas is such an interesting place. Like I, I loved it, but at the same exact time, it it was the most transient, like bewildered, like people just come and go. No one was from Vegas. Everyone was from somewhere else. Yeah, uh, transplants, but it's beautiful. It's affordable. Um, -hmm. but when I lived there, it was like right at the beginning of the recession and like it bottomed out and it was turned into a ghost town. So I had to move back to New York, but I loved it while I was there. Henderson is a cool place. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Hindertucky is what we call it. (laughs) Um, yeah, you're right. You know, like now it's, it's definitely has built a community around it since, since 08 for sure. But all those things are very true. You're right. So who's going to lead us into coolest things? I'm just, who's going to go first? <laughs> so, so there's a debate. Okay, so what folks don't know because they weren't listening in the beginning is,
1: <laughs> oh, I, d- I don't even know what Drew did, and, I, and, and he doesn't know what I did. No. But let's just acknowledge that um, both of them are insanely stupid. So uh, instead, we're going to start with Michael. You made a purchase that you're going to return, but I am excited for you to tell me uh, about your Oculus Go.
2: Yeah. So it, it's funny. Super Bowl Sunday. Um, I'm at a buddy's house, and uh, I look to the left of me, and it looks like a virtual reality headset from you know 1995. And I say, I- is, what is this?" And he goes, "It's an Oculus Go." And I've never, I've obviously heard of Oculus before, but never this, never the Go specifically. And uh, I was a couple of drinks in at that point, put these things on and started to do wingsuit, uh, flying down you know, this mountain and was fishing a little bit. Um, and it was really cool. And it was one of those things where it's the first time you ever put on virtual reality. So you're immersed in this gameplay. You're not even doing anything. You're just looking around for half of the time and like understanding what's going on around you. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy this. He told me it was $199 for a 32 gig. I was like is that enough space to play a couple of games? He goes hundreds of games. So I looked at reviews online. Uh, saw that it came out like almost a year ago I think at this point. Mm-hmm. And the majority of the reviews were super positive that said, you know, for the price point it's the best uh, experience you can possibly have. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I don't have a, a PC and I don't ever envisioning myself having one, I couldn't go to the Rift, right, which is the next one up. Mm-hmm. And $199 is, you know, that's an easy swallow. Uh, even if it was subpar or acceptable. So i super excited, go to Best Buy, pick it up. Uh, I have a whole other thoughts about Best Buy shopping experiences that maybe we could talk about on a different podcast. However, come home, put this thing on, um, and I was immediately distracted by the subpar quality of the experience. Mm. Um, It was not what I had remembered the first time I put on the goggles. Uh, So this was the second time, and I was excited, don't get me wrong, but I immediately could see the individual pixels, I Mm. could see the color banding and warping, um, almost like a bad, you know, lens. Mm. And I was going through some of these experiences, and it felt very Nintendo GameCube-ish, and didn't really go to the level that I was expecting. Um, In certain places, it was very interesting. um, However, I decided I was going to return it. It only took me about two hours of play. And I said, this is definitely going to be going back this week, Um, Mm. which is unfortunate because I wanted to enjoy it. I wanted it to be an outlet or a new type of experience. Um, But while I was experiencing it, I was distracted by how bad the quality was compared to what we interact with every single day, whether it be our phones, our iPads, or even our 4K TVs. It's just not even close at this Mm. point. So that that was my discovery. Um and unfortunately my letdown.
0: So the technology got in the way, in other words. Of the experience. Yeah. Now this is not one of those that you have to like spit your Samsung note into, right? No. And like that's
2: that, and this is actually one of the um, one of the selling points of the unit is that this is a self-contained unit yeah. that you know has two and a half hours of battery life, has a really cool controller, very easy to navigate to move around, touch sensitive. Um, the the bands that you put over your head have built-in speakers to them, um, so almost like the Bose uh, you know sunglasses now that have built-in speakers. Like there are some cool things that I think are going to evolve into the future into the standard. Um, however the experience of wearing it and then seeing something right in front of your eyes that is just it's less than 720p it's almost 480i it's not even Mm -hmm. 480p i
1: don't think it's that high
2: yeah it's i mean it's uh, it's like 2560 or something but
1: yeah i I made it two days with mine i I bought it the day it came out and i i had such a weird experience because i there was one on the shelf at best buy and um it was unexpected because it had just come out and it was sold out everywhere so I took it home and clearly they had opened it and demoed it. So I had the worst time getting the demo account removed.
0: Sure. It
1: required like reaching out to Oculus, which is Facebook, by the way. <laughs> Talk about the plague. And um, it, it's, I mean, to your point, like it, for 199 it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, it wasn't worth $199 to me. You know, the funniest part was, I just couldn't imagine, I have three kids and a wife. I couldn't imagine sitting in my own little world. Like, I, sh- no. I I, and I I, love Ready Player One as a book. <laughs> but but I'm good. I'm okay. Sitting on the couch by myself while other people act around me. Maybe it's a little bit of Godfather in me. But, like, nope. Nope. <laughs> that's just, like, axe murder. I don't know. Not for me.
2: Yeah. Like, but didn't you want to enjoy it? Like, I did. There I, is I really something about VR that is really... like. You know, I I think the future is AR. Like, that's definitely where I I believe it's going to be going. However, there is something about, you know, we had Sega Saturn VR, like, back in, you know, the 90s, and it was big back then, and then it dissipated because we got onto these, you know, small screens and, you know, obviously really great horsepower behind our hardware, but there's still an appetite for it. It's just, it's not, the technology hasn't supported it yet. It's just not there. Mm -hmm.
0: It it, it has a future, it's just not now. Um, Drew,
2: have you experienced anything with VR yet?
0: No, I've been. It's funny because I've even been to some conferences. Like I've gone to NAB and CES before, and I've never wanted to wait in line long enough to experience it. Like you're talking hours just to like demo a unit, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm good. Yes. So the one thing that does intrigue me, what that's a goggle like VR experience because I own a drone. So to have the DJI goggles, been able to steer and like see the immersive video experience through it, like that's the thing to me that like, on the market right now, that's probably the closest thing I would buy. Yeah. Because that, I that's see-
2: 1080p, you know. Yeah. Those goggles are 1080p. And I, I also have a DJ, I have a, um, uh, not a fan, I have a Mavic Pro, um, and I was looking at those as well. I didn't want to drop $499 on it. Yeah. However, the refurbished ones are like $299. Mm. So I'm actually thinking about scooping up a pair of those. However, what I'm nervous about is the second you put something over your own eyes, you no longer have perception of what reality actually is. So you have to fly with someone else next to you to, like, make sure you're not going to crash into something because you're only seeing the POV of the camera. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, especially in this, like, John, you and I were talking earlier today, you know, what does it even look like from a social perspective of, like, your significant other walking in the room with you while, like, you're connected to this headset, like, just staring around and, like, what does that look (laughs) like,
1: you know? (laughs) That's what I'm saying is, like, and I know, like, lots of the things that we do are pretty nerdy, but... For me, that's the one where it's like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to fall off something because I'm going to think that I'm in the goddamn drone. Like, no. Yeah. Your partner walks in and be like, that's, that's the one I married. (laughs) (laughs) Super proud. Out of all the fish, that's what I picked. Rock, paper, scissors or what? No, I, I, I I genuinely am going to make a bet here. But you're, the level of judgment I'll have for you is nothing compared to
0: what you're about to have for me. <laughs> All right, It's not even, It's not even in the stratosphere, my man. So the reason I'm embarrassed by this is because I have made fun of these people for most of my adult life. Correct. This is going to be the same. Okay, so I... Um I drive an 07 Camry that has cloth seats and still has a CD player even though I don't even have a CD that I own in my single house. Um recently my commute went from about, you know, 7 to 8 minutes on an average day to about 22 if it's a good day. So I got some extra time in the car um but one thing I hate is when I do pop in, you know, my earbuds or whatever, I just throw my phone on the seat next to me or in the cup holder or whatever. It's just like I don't want it. So I've made fun of these people literally my entire life. And I finally have become one. And uh, I can honestly say, you know, I love it. So what you'll see on the back of my phone case. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the magnet mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow.
0: So um, literally every That's single time bad. I interacted with one of these people, they like, oh, this is the best thing ever. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm just it's not going to be me. And uh, I can honestly say, like, it's it's great. Like, I literally just throw my phone up on my CD case and, you know, I can say, hey, Siri, or I can take a call or I can do whatever, you know, like it works and it's super convenient. It was like 20 bucks on Amazon for the whole kit. I got like three magnets, the whole thing that fits in my CD player and everything. That's it. I'm if you can disown me, it's fine. But, you know. It, fun, it works Fun
2: fact that's, I, i've been there myself i also have one of those um okay. <laughs> except except i think it's a little worse i bought mine from costco so i got a two-for-one special so me and my both oh, have the, one the, the Scotch yeah, one from costco that's the, he has the Scotch one too yeah, but, it is. It, it, hey man they make good magnets
0: yeah so oh. i can't wirelessly charge now but i never wirelessly charge anyway um you know, it fits on the back of my case. I'm sure it's scratching up the back of my phone as we speak. But, you know, it's the convenience is a uh, it's great. I like it. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, Drew, I, uh, you know, <laughs> I think it's important to know that you won like it, it on the scale of who's going to disown who. OK, it it will be you disowning me, not me disowning you. Okay. Yours, yours is ridiculous. <laughs> Mine is a different level of ridiculous. It is the reason Michael's on the podcast. I'm really excited about it. So, uh, you know, I don't know who said the like, my, my palms are sweaty on this one. No joke. I'm, I'm um, like
2: physically the, nervous right now.
1: The, you know, strong convictions loosely held, right? That's a, that's a thing that I've always um, believed in. And, and <clears throat> so on episode one of this podcast, I think Drew and I talked about the uh, right camera for me. And we discussed the... La- <laughs> I hate you. Don't laugh. We discussed why I wanted to buy a Leica. And, and, and the Leica CL was one of my favorite purchases of last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a really cool product. It, um, it's small. It's portable. And it actually fulfilled exactly the purpose I called out in the podcast, which is for all the years that I've wanted to do photography, mm-hmm. I've never continued i never done it like i've talked about it and and thought about it but i haven't actually physically picked up my camera and, and taken photos and the leica by its portability uh alone and the i mean the coolness of having a leica camera it made me pick b- it up yeah, yeah it's b- super bougie it's ridiculous so uh so what's funny though is so the leica comes with an 18 millimeter um lens at the 2.8 but but it's an aps-c sensor so it's really like a 35 that, like an effective 30 35, 35 and it's not even effective 2.8 it's effective like 4.0 yeah right okay so then i bought like a 35 1.4 that's like an effective 50 2.8
0: mm-hmm.
1: and in the camera itself is great and, and i think i told you on the first podcast so the reason it makes sense for me is i don't do video mm-hmm. that's not gonna happen i'm not into that. And I, I don't shoot at night. Like I don't need low light photography. So full frame sensor doesn't have the significance.
0: Hmm. All right.
1: Well, so I got both those things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so let's cover what I got wrong really badly. The, the Leica, I have posted some pictures. I have my Instagram braver photo mm-hmm. uh, in daylight. I, I don't know that there's a camera I enjoy better. I, I drew laughs every time I say this. I love the color science. Mm-hmm. I really love the feel of the camera. It taught me how to shoot in manual, which I've never done before. Um, and it showed me a lot about photography. Mm. But then Drew is a giant asshole. And so here's what he did to me. He did he, he showed me YouTube. And, and I started watching all these people shoot these really wonderful videos. And I really liked them and thought, man, I want to shoot those. So I took the Leica out and I started to shoot some video.
0: Now, the Leica is really bad at this. Yep. I mean... Imagine making a purchase with awesome. not meeting your current needs and thinking about maybe the needs you'll have tomorrow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll grow into my camera. Maybe. This is going to get way worse. I, I, you don't
1: even know yet. So it is bad for video. And the other part I didn't really realize is that everything I shoot is low light. Mm. So occasionally I go out and shoot a picture of a mountain. Sure. But 98% of my photos are my kids, which is in my house, which somehow in my brain I talk myself into that being not low light. That's low light. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks terrible on an APS-C sensor. It's really bad. So.
0: <laughs> if you pull out a Leica Q.
2: No, it's worse. Or something. No, he's going to pull out a, a Canon 5D Mark III. So. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> this.
0: Not even. The EOS R. Wow. Yeah. Wow, John. <laughs> this. Wow.
1: Is the Canon EOS R sure with is. a Rode Micro and a 50 millimeter 1.2 lens. Nice. Um, it is my first Canon, which I know is making Drew's heart sing. Yes. Um, it's making Michael cheer for joy. Yep. Um, I posted a YouTube video <clears throat> that I recorded tonight. I sent it to you guys just now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do a reboxing video of my Leica. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a pretty straight trade for the two. Um I recorded my daughter today. Mm-hmm. I recorded my robot vacuum today. <laughs> I uh I watched a hundred EOSR and why it's the worst camera on the planet, but you might still like it videos. Um and uh and not only did I trade in my Leica, not only did I buy a full frame, not only did I make a video, but Drew, I bought a Canon, I took a photo, and turns out <laughs> I enjoyed the color
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh
2: my goodness.
0: Well, one thing's for sure uh, yes, uh, you were right about everything you said. Um, <laughs> and I shall entirely disown you. Because it's not like I posted like a rant about why Sony's better, you know? It's just the way it is. Oh gosh. <laughs> This guy, so I'm ready. I'm ready for opinions if either of you want to talk now. sure. did
1: i did I live up to my promise of beating your ridiculousness?
0: Yeah, I have a couple questions for you, just to follow up. Is that okay? May, may, maybe? You use two words that are pretty controversial. by color science. Could you define that for me? Like what does that mean? so okay, <laughs> I,
1: I <laughs> I'm gonna have a hard time, okay. all right. getting you there, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Yeah. So I owned a, a Sony a seven two. That was the camera I had prior to the Leica. Right. You mean like five years ago, right? Is that, uh, I bought it four years ago in three months. So got so, it. Okay. Uh, February. No, no, no. Uh, January. So yeah, four years, four years in a month. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed that camera from my, I'm a technologist. So the specs of a Sony camera, I really enjoyed. Mm. But every image I processed I, I, we've talked about using Capture One or using Lightroom like I just didn't really enjoy how skin tones turned out and how they looked. Sure. And there's something that always just felt off to me about it, And, and granted, I'm, I'm not you. I don't have the skill to edit that back to normal. So like it just always didn't feel right. Sure. And, and it, it doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the camera. I think it was really wonderful. Mm. But when the time came to pick the A73 or the A7R3 or the Leica, I just really wanted a camera that gave me tones that looked like I see the world. Sure. And, um, and that's why I bought it. Mm. And I I don't know that I'll like this one the same way. I'm talking about like five images that I've taken so far and a whole bunch of reviews. Sure. But what I like about it so far is it doesn't look like the bluish weird Sony vibe. Does that make any sense? Do you even
0: know what I'm talking about? Sony shooter with your a in the background? I do. Um I would say color science has been changing across the board for a lot of Canon manufacturers over the years. Um one of the reasons why I first picked up the GH4 back in the day from my Canon was the fact that like I loved the difference in color. And now I think it's more you know it's harder to get there with certain cameras but I think as long as you know what you want um it's all it's funny cuz you see the world Apparently, through crushed blacks, because that's what you prefer <laughs> <That's correct. laughs> um, so it's, the world is contrasty, yeah, so like when you say that's yeah, how I see the world, I'm like, all right, cool, the world's crushed blacks. It's just the way it is, you know, but hey, you know, I'm proud of you for being brave i guess it's good so is the, it's it, got a flippy screen can i show you the flippy it does, screen sir, are you gonna are you gonna vlog now or what's going I, on
1: i made a vlog and literally sent you the link today oh gosh I can't, it's in who, your phone right now who am i
0: talking to right now
1: i i recorded i can't it's, believe it's, it's a hearing. teaser strange i recorded 15 seconds in fact the humor is that i used the website that you posted in your youtube video mm. to put in sound <laughs> So I pulled it from your YouTube video. Yeah. I bought the fuzzy mic that you call it. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a fuzzy mic. Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, it's funny. You asked me about the Ninja five earlier today. Your yeah. Camera, Cause it does, does 10 bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 4k 24 and 10 bit. That's
0: why I need to know what it meant. Cause I gotta, I gotta have that one. Day. Your, yours <laughs> is one of the cameras that Maddie just made a video about it. I want, you don't understand how many
1: videos I watched this week. <laughs> Before this decision came to fruition, I watched so many videos to make sure that the decision I was making made sense for the way that I
0: I use it. Michael, that's why I seem because this is contrasting what John just said. He's a technologist a couple, you know, seconds right. ago. John didn't yeah. know what YouTube was six months ago. That's not that's
1: that, <laughs> factually inaccurate. I just didn't understand why you watched it so much. Yeah. I would also like to duly note that this cost me no money because I think my wife listens to this podcast and I would like <laughs> her. To be very informed that this was a straight line trade.
2: I think that is a little bit of a false statement because it, the camera probably was the even trade. I think your Rode microphone might have put it over an even trade.
1: Yeah, you're right. It did cost me $60 for the Rode microphone. I bought the micro because it's smaller. Um, you know, what's funny is what, what, actually, what actually got me to even is I lived up to our last podcast, which is, Drew, you'll be super proud of me. I sold my magic cards. I I priced them, <laughs> I found a website and I sold them, Good and they're stuff. gone now. Yeah, and that was the enabler for this decision. Um, the, you know,
0: okay. So can I tell you how it actually like got here? Sure. Like that camera. I'm just I'm
2: thinking of all the cameras. Yeah, I'm not sold on that camera, but that's fine.
1: I I we can. It's gonna take like five hours to get you there because I learned so much about them um and and read so many reviews and watched so many videos you know it's funny so so like if you watch five videos there's absolutely no way you would buy it but but it's the first five videos that all are from people that actually have never touched the camera all just providing their perspective which is no dual card slots and it doesn't record 1080 um it, i'm sorry uh, 120 frames a second at 1080 mm. um which is fine Drew's sad but it has a really great time lapse Drew, you'd be really proud um if you watch Maddie do a review or you watch Kai do a review or you get to the people that actually are Jared Polin, like actually own it, you get to like, oh, OK, y- yeah, my Leica and my Sony didn't have dual card slots. Mm-hmm. I'm not a wedding photographer. No, it's fine. If I lose photos of my kids, it'll suck. I'll be OK. The world won't end like I'm not stressed about it. So a couple things on the camera itself and how we got here. So. What really happened is we're, we're uh, taking a trip. We're heading to Hawaii in June, and I wanted to just get a or rent a, um, a zoom lens mm. for when I was there. Uh, you always drew on that beautiful, what, 70 to 200 monster gray, yeah. you know, Sony makes one, Canon makes one. They look identical yeah. uh, lens. Um, and, and I don't know if you know what that costs to have that lens on a Leica. <clears throat> it's like five grand. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, and to rent, it's like $500. Yeah.
2: With deposit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's also like 3.5, which is like five. It's slow. Sure. It's gargantuan. And I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, I, I can't take the photos. Of- I can't take photos of my kids inside. And I can't take photos of my kids in Hawaii. Like, this- but you knew that when you bought a Leica, though.
0: Sort of. <laughs> That's what I'm confused about.
2: His world Hello. changed.
1: His world changed. Yeah, strong convictions loosely held. I really did think I was getting it right.
2: I, I... well, I, I think where we're still not talking about right now is I, I can't tell you how many conversations John, you and I have had around. I don't shoot video. I yep. won't shoot video. 100%. Video yep. is not my medium. That's not the format. And I, I'm like, John, video is everything. Like that is what it is. And yeah, I just I can't believe. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm
1: hearing it. I can literally tell you the video that got me. So, Drew, you started up your YouTube channel. Sure. You, you brought it back to life. Mm-hmm. You did a recap of last year. Yeah. And there's a video of your son being born. Yeah. It's got it's got your wife holding him for the first time. Yep. And it's this moment that uh, it actually like it hurt me in a really good way of like I don't capture life that way. No. I capture it as photos, and they're fine, and they're wonderful, and I really enjoy them, but it was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was really, really cool, and I thought, God, I'm screwing this up. Like, I'm going to look back. It's going to be 10 years from now, and I'm going to feel like I screwed it up, Mm. and I'm just not going to screw it up, and I'm not going to let the weight of something be the reason I don't, because the truth is, while the Leica was light and nice, and I loved it, the only way it was light is if I included the pancake lens, which was so slow that I didn't use it yeah so as soon as I put the 1.4 on it now I need to carry a bag and at that point whether it's three pounds or two and a quarter pounds or five pounds like who the hell cares same Yeah.
0: because
1: you're carrying the bag anyway so what does it matter yeah so I just decided like you're right Michael like I've said no forever but that's dumb I'm wrong
2: What I love about video is that you, depending on the camera that you have and the quality that you're obviously shooting in, it, the, the technology inside of cameras are so good now that you could take a still from a video and still have it be fantastic. And you can still blow it up and put it behind you, like the picture that you have, John, on your, on your wall. Like It's that level now that if you were to only do video, you could still have the best of both worlds.
0: Okay, so let's test both your guys' video geekiness right now. Have you seen the video of Vincent LaFerre of the convergence of video with stills? Have we seen this? No, no. So he has the 8K Monstro, right? Which is what I foresee in your future at this point. No, no, <laughs> no, He's got no. 8- cinema cameras, no 8K. He's got the 8K Monstro, right, with a Leica cinema lens on it. So if you think your Leica CL was pricey, try buying a cinema lens for a red. And they the RED outputs 8K footage, right, which is a 36 megapixel still. However, on a RED camera, the second you press record, it has already been recording for 30 seconds and will record 30 seconds after you stop it. So it's this pre-record on both sides so you don't miss a moment. And the point he's making is I can now blow up a still frame, to Michael's point, love this 8K footage, and it's as good of quality as if I just brought a still image. Now, granted... Yeah. The package is like, you know, three times the size of my head, but still I think we're getting there and I think it's an interesting concept. So I'll send you guys a link to the video. It's, it's pretty fascinating. So he basically zooms in on a still frame of this, this older guy, this huge, awesome white beard, and the individual strands of hair is just like so crisp and it's just a, it's a, it's a video. So that's cool.
1: You saw McKinnon bought that, right?
0: I did MKBHD, you know, squared. But anyway, Hey, welcome to the club, man. I'm excited to start talking about video editing. No, I, I have no clue what I'm doing.
1: Uh, I'm very, very poor at it. It's going to be really fun to learn something. I don't know at all, but
2: I don't know. If, if you thought you knew manual settings on photography, wait till you get to manual settings on video. Sure. Like it, it's not the same. Nope. Um, it's, I, f- I personally feel more infuriating. um, <clears throat> However, what I love about video is how quickly you can not just bring yourself back to a moment, but you can like video allows you to relive moments like it, the ambient noise that you hear, like the like the birds that are in the background, like those things you can't capture in a, in a still, but stills are make these amazing impressions. So some of my challenges for you as you start to go on this journey is going to be shoot everything. Like literally as much as you possibly can.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, we're gonna have to figure out. I'm gonna need some storage help because I don't have enough. Uh, I have <laughs> lots, lots of concerns that way. Um, but honestly, the best part so far, and it's and it is really, really simple. But one, it's a skill I have absolutely no no ability to do, so I really enjoy it. Uh, Drew, I did buy an indie filter. You'll be happy. Um, but two, I I just sent you guys a photo like. I think what I enjoyed the most is that was turning it on first snap, like nothing impressive about it, but that's super low light. I mean, that's nighttime. And if you zoom in on her glasses, mm-hmm. it's every bit of what I wasn't able to accomplish before. Mm-hmm. And and the truth is, I think Drew, you said this in your YouTube video a year and a half ago about why you bought a two year old camera. Yeah. Which is, you know I, i'm not like i would go spend thousands of dollars on it but at the rate that we're talking about you know hundreds of dollars in trade-in and difference right like sure i just i just want really great memories of my children it's really important to me and i really want to have those and yeah um whatever i'll take it on the gin that i'm going to try a Canon out but part part of that also was and it's it's probably really stupid but i also owned a sony and i feel like I could have bought an A seven three and it would have been a great camera. There's nothing wrong with that camera. Yeah. I just feel like I kind of owned it already. Like, I know what it is. I know what it's going to be, and it's going to be delightful. And I could have bought uh, a Nikon Z series, but I uh, still don't like them um, after my <laughs> one Nikon experience with uh, with us together, Drew. Yeah. Uh, and and honestly, I've kind of talked some shit on Canon for many years, but I've never owned one. Uh, I've just, I've just. Seniors and taking photos with other people's and held them and laughed at sheer's little bitty APS-C sensor that he tries to record
2: with still videoing on my 7d love oh, it no.
1: love it and uh and I figured you know what maybe it'll be terrible but but, but you know what the cool thing about canon is their freaking glass holds their
2: value I was just gonna say gosh and dang it the, once you get in the glass it's a game changer and, and you can freaking
1: stick any EF on it and any EFS on it and it's just fine it's just fine it just takes it no big deal I got you you grab an EFS lens, a freaking. I found a 10 to 18 for a hundred and seventy five dollars. That would be great for vlogging. A nifty fifty, man, it's gonna be a bad. I got a better 50, but yeah.
0: <laughs> so this is the positive thing I'll say um, the other one you'll have to cut. But the the first part for knowing you right. And somebody doesn't know a lot about video and you just wants to get into it. You're talking. Like you said, all the benefits of having EF mount, right? You can get a 1635, which would be perfect for vlogging. You have Canon color science. If you do minimal editing, you'll be fine. And like dual pixel autofocus, like you'll be fine. Like it's a touchscreen, right? Yeah, it's a touchscreen and it uses the touchscreen to control the autofocus
1: point, which is actually kind of lovely.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the, so set it up on
1: a table and you'll I be already there. got to use the servo <laughs> mode, the, the dual focus. It's stupid good. Yeah. Holy God! Like Izzy was just like backing up and walking forward and backing up, and it was just locked dead on. Yeah. And and candidly, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But there's the the one thing the the uh, you know uh, 120 frame 1080p, which again, I I I'm not Pete McKinnon. I wouldn't use it anyway. Although I'd like to think I would one day. Sure. I just have a really strong feeling this firmware update that's coming this month is gonna just solve that one anyway
0: i've been trying to figure out speed ramping for a year dude i still haven't figured it out so it's yeah good luck i,
1: I autofocus for you drew yeah uh if you have any extra ef lenses sitting around you want to mail me uh take some just fine don't have <laughs> any uh which i'm excited uh it's uh, it actually takes a microphone which my like it didn't that's pretty nifty and if my wife doesn't murder me and i could sell more magic cards then i could buy <laughs> that ninja and then i'm doing 10 bit 4k which i don't even know what it means but i kind of want to do it because it sounds awesome (laughs) and drew says it's gonna there's gonna be less banding and that's got to be cool
0: michael for years now john has prided himself on his one terabyte iCloud storage plan all he ever needed (laughs) um and and now that world's about to change i'm a little worried about my 256 uh, gig
1: drive yeah
0: You try, try editing a project in Final Cut, bro. That that ProRes render is gonna bump you up to two fifty six real quick. The fifteen second video I sent you was like two gigs. <laughs> Were the yeah. files to get there? It's
1: not even
2: good. And, and that's yeah. what you're also gonna have to start to figure out is like codecs and like what what your editing workflow is gonna look like because mm-hmm. you're gonna run two terabytes of storage like that, yeah. like gone. I'm doing all C log, baby. And then what so, do you do with all the, the actual like raw footage? Like are you archiving? Are you moving? Like are you deleting because you're never gonna use it again? You know, like yeah. management is crazy.
1: My my boss is a I made him be a giant Sony guy, so I think he's gonna disown me. Um that's that's bad. I told him tonight and he uh, he hung up the phone
0: <laughs> on me. He
1: just hung up <laughs> on me.
0: So one video you need to check out is you've heard Craig Adams. He's like a younger guy. So he is a minimalist storage solution. You need to check it out. Um, okay. He basically like to your point Michael like any raw footage like he just discards. So yeah. his edits all on YouTube and there's a not a lot of people know about this, but like there's a, like there's a lot of like account settings on YouTube, right? But like there's a one link you can go to if you Google it the right way that basically basically accesses your master data account for YouTube and you can download like full res whatever you uploaded um, and it works. But the other thing is um, what I was going to say is like you said the video I did earlier, John, of like just the cutaways to Squarespace and that kind of stuff. That video, what I record now affords me to use the Shure as my mic as opposed to like a lapel whatever. But that's a multicam clip in Final Cut. So you're talking you automatically need like 150 gigs of space just to process that multi-cam clip. Yep. So it's, yep. it's challenging, dude. Oh. Oh, and let's get worse because th- this is the problem. So, so here's where my wife won't divorce
1: me, but here's where she will eventually. So, again, financially it was a wash, but the problem isn't what the initial investment was; it's the aperture 120D. <laughs> it's the it's all the other accoutrements, sure. That I
0: won't. the
2: iMac Pro that's yeah. sure to come.
0: <laughs> the Sennheiser 416. That's a grand. That's your boom <laughs> pole. Oh uh, gosh. To- Like, I can't do it. Yeah. God damn it. Like,
1: talk about all the Googling I did this week. Like, there were so many, like, that would be cool. Yeah, what does your
2: B&H cart look like right now?
1: Have you guys seen the 24-70, to the the Canon lens that they made for this bad boy? Yes, it's a monster. F2 the entire way? Holy God. It's
0: funny. This just came to me, like, when you were talking about video, right? I see in our future six months from now this turning in from our freaking webcam on Skype to Blackmagic little mini recorder and we're using our, our high-end DSLRs to capture the, the picture and the production going quality going up like three times, but that's just what I see.
1: Yeah, so I didn't want to ask it before because I didn't want to ruin the <laughs> surprise, which I'm pretty proud that I kept this for this moment. Yeah. Uh, but I really think we have to figure out, one, how to turn it into a YouTube podcast, like, I, like uh, publishing it live. And then two, yeah. I think we need to take the camping trip. Like, I think we need to go do the... I told you we need to, yeah. And get some B-roll? Yeah, I'm ready now. Yeah. I wasn't ready before because I was going to be the boring still photographer taking like random pictures of a mountain. But now that we're both shooting some B-roll, like, buy us a couple DJI Ronins. Let's get <laughs> yeah. out there. I'm ready to yeah. go. Let's do I'll it. I'll
0: do the slow-mo. You do the regular stuff since you got right. the signs.
1: All That's right. right. I'll do the time-lapse. My camera's really good at that. <laughs> it's really good at time-lapse. True. I've got a fuzzy mic. This has got to mean something. <laughs> Did you ever think That's you'd see me with a fuzzy mic? Me. Look at this. Look.
0: Fuzzy mic. all I love the that.
2: wind that you're going to be recording in. That's it. Inside. Bro. Well, um, I'm surprised. I'm excited for you. I'm happy. Um, amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We should have probably released the other episodes of the podcast. It would have given a lot more space in between the Leica purchase and this one. It feels... A shorter timeline because we didn't release some episodes it Feels like you had the like that's it for not six exactly months. true it was longer than that i feel <laughs> disappointed that i'm not getting full credit for how much i enjoyed that camera
0: <laughs> uh
1: but can i talk about the first video i'm gonna make sure so i don't i don't know if anyone's ever done it before um uh, maybe i'm a pioneer maybe i'm just doing something someone else does but i'm gonna do a a cl reboxing and i'm going to explain the reasons why it's going back in the box and being shipped back off to bnh i'm gonna make it tomorrow mm. it's probably going to be terrible I sent you a little teaser of it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to try to do a reboxing
0: video. I love it. Do it. All right. I, the, your world's going to change forever, dude. I'm this excited is. for you. I'm so excited. There is a YouTube podcast that you need to Google. It's called Camera and Flask. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, Caleb Pike from DSLR Video Shooter. He's on it with two other guys. One's in Britain. One's like a traveling like DP but um, they basically, it's all done high-end DSLR. They do it with Google Hangouts, but whatever. And they do like cool stuff like top kit under $2,500 or top audio kit under a grand or whatever. But uh, yeah, just visions of your future here, John.
1: I would also like it noted that Pete and Matt are doing all their B-roll on the EOSR right now. And uh,
0: and it's awesome. Yeah. looks good. The bucket shot or the bucket. Yeah, the bucket shot was all filmed on the EOSR. The bucket shot.
1: Yeah, totally. It's good i'm gonna send you videos here. get excited unbelievable they're coming your way now do you get why invited you
2: i'm i'm happy to be here
1: he said and i quote you join the dark side you're dead to me and then he hung up <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh it's not it's not the dark side nikon's the dark side nikon
0: is the dark side nikon is the dark dark side on my word